0: What's up, podcast? This is episode 203 with Scott Forget. He is my first guest that is a plant-based advocate. And we get into all the nitty-gritty stuff about being a vegan, vegetarian, what plant-based nutrition looks like, what you should be focusing on, and debunking some myths out there and um you know sharing to the audience that being plant-based doesn't suck that much and if you have an open mind this is a great episode filled with a lot of good information so without further ado here's scott hello boys and girls welcome back to another episode of cut the shit get fit i'm your lovely host rafael matuszewski and joining me for the first time is scott bergett say hello hey how's it going great, great, great. Uh, So I always like to start the show with super, super easy questions to get things going. So the first one is what is the current book you're reading or listening to if you're an audible person?
1: So the current book I'm reading and I just started two nights ago was actually a fiction book. It's called The Andrew Strain. I think I'm pronouncing that right by Michael Crichton. Mm -hmm. And um, before that's um, a book that I read before bed, and fiction kind of helps me fall asleep and, and turns my brain off. Um, but before that, a little bit more of an educational, philosophical book is that I was reading just before that was "Why We Love Dogs, Eat Pigs, and Wear Cows: An Introduction to Carnism." Wow. So that was a um, a pretty deep book, um, as you can imagine, based on that title. So learned a lot from it, and I learned a lot of uh, uh, like philosophical, philosophical and kind of deep messaging on why people do certain things and think a certain way. So it was it was a very good book on, on perspective.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, are, yeah. are you a big fan of, like, audiobooks at all?
1: You know, uh, I haven't really listened to many, if really, I guess now that I think of it, if any. But I'm a fan of, I'm more of a podcast guy, so I'll okay. listen to podcasts audio-wise. I think I've only listened to maybe one book on audio, so...
0: Yeah, like, for me, I personally like just, like, having the book in my hands, but Mm -hmm. the first time ever, I think it was this past summer, uh, I took a road trip, and, like, the entire road trip took, like, nine hours, so my wife and I started uh, listening to the first Harry Potter book, and I'm like, this is actually pretty good, good." right? And uh, (laughs) we've been, like, now downloading all the uh, books onto our phones So, like, the last 10 minutes uh, before bed, we start listening to Harry Potter, and that, like, just knocks me right (laughs) out. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I did that. It's funny you mentioned you did. You listened to your first audiobook on the road. I listened to mine on a really long road trip, too. It never really caught on, but um, I have graduated from books to Kindle now. I used to be kind of book and hand guy, um, but now I'm a little bit more. I like both, but um, I've gotten a little bit more into Kindle just for convenience sake sweet
0: um so the next easy question is what is the current tv series you're watching
1: so i don't watch much tv but when i do right now it's blue planet 2 on netflix nice i'm absolutely fascinated with animals um you know not it has nothing to do with being vegan or or plant-based but just always been fascinated with them so it's really cool and my if if you want a cool series to watch the blue planet Two. i mean it's it's amazing what what they're able to capture
0: so yeah don't no, yeah. definitely I, I always like asking that question because it's like either someone's like really really invested in watching tv series or they're like yeah you know i kind of <laughs> watch it once in a while but uh mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's interesting how some people work like i like having like a random show in the background while i'm like doing the dishes like I'll throw on Family Guy and not really pay attention. It's just kind of like background noise. And then out of Mm -hmm. nowhere, you get like that dirty joke, and you're like, whoa, whoa, what did they just say?
1: (laughs) Yes. Great, great show, by the way. I love that.
0: Yeah. Um, So last easy question. What do you got planned for the weekend?
1: Ooh, good question. This weekend, I don't have much fun planned. Um, I probably will be working um i'm doing a a photo shoot for my blog and a new recipe so i got that plan oh i'm also going to i guess this is considered plans i'm going to be training for a half marathon currently so i'm going to be doing my long run my 14 mile run on saturday to to go over the distance that i'll be running during the half marathon just to get an idea of you know what it feels like how my body will feel so i'm pretty pumped about that because that'll be the longest i've ever run in my life so
0: sweet pretty excited what made you want to train for a half marathon
1: well i'm a, an obstacle course racing athlete and naturally like i started off with uh, a spartan racer so i start off with the, the short the sprint which is about five miles and the races go up i think all the way into the 20 mile range now but they're progressively getting longer so i was like you know what i'm training for some long spartan races anyway i might as well throw in a half marathon in there so
0: here i am sweet there you go have you ever done the tough mudder
1: no, I haven't. I've only done Spartan and a local one here in Austin. That's um, it's, uh leaving me right now. I can't remember the name, but I haven't tried the Tough Mudder yet.
0: Yeah, there's another event that the Tough Mudder puts on. They call it the uh, World's Toughest Mudder, and they have it in Vegas. So mm-hmm. they suggest you do it in a team of four because it's a 24-hour course. Oh, so, you, wow. so you just you just keep going, and what you can do is if you have a team of four. Um, one person can go and then the other three can rest and you're just continuously going through it for 24 hours straight. And, uh, one of my buddies actually did it and he ended up doing actually pretty well. I think he placed like, you know, within the top 30 out of all the people there, but wow, his, yeah. his body was trashed for weeks <laughs> after like just destroyed. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, some crazy stuff out there. <laughs>
1: That sounds really fun, though. I'm yeah. glad you told me about that. I'm going to look it up now.
0: Yeah. Um, so before we get any further, we need definitely need to get an intro on you. And uh, this was actually kind of the first time where I saw one of those lists, and I, like, mentioned it to you when I emailed you that you were in, like, mm-hmm. I think it's, like, top 20 or top 30 fitness professionals to follow in 2019. I was, like, going through the list. I'm, like, oh, Dr. John Russin. I've had him on my show, Joel Stephen. <laughs> I have him in queue, and he knows the shit. I'm, like, and I saw your name. I'm, like, I definitely need to contact you and Get you on this show. So, for the audience who don't know who you are, can you please tell them who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry?
1: Yeah. So my name is Scott Burgett, and I am a plant-based health coach. So I got into the I got into the exercise industry right at the beginning, right after college. So I my degree is in exercise science. I'm also CSCS certified, and during school, I made my mind up that I wanted to go the strength and conditioning route. And so as soon as school ended, kind of made my way up over a couple different jobs, started personal training, and then ended up doing, um, as a strength coach for the Seattle Mariners minor league baseball team. So started off doing that. That was in Arizona, which is where I'm from, and did that for a couple seasons Ended up realizing that that wasn't necessarily for me, and so I ended up switching career paths to the wellness industry. Um, If you're not familiar with the the wellness industry, essentially big corporate companies have programs to try and get their employees healthy to reduce healthcare costs. And so I I help administer those, and I've been doing that now for a couple years. And just two years ago, I fell into uh, veganism and plant-based eating just through um, Netflix documentaries and got curious, read a little bit more, studied a little bit more, realized that, you know, this is the route I want to take, and started off as a, um, just somebody was post food photos on Instagram, ended up building um, a website. My, my friend offered to build a website for me for free, so I took that, and I've run with it, and I started out as a, so I started out as a strength coach, went to a wellness administrator, um, shifted to a food blogger, and now I'm back in the fitness space because I see how much of a need there is there, especially for, um, a plant-based diet plan and how fitness can re- revolve around that. And that's actually my I call my side hustle because I do have a full-time job and my um, blog plant-based com is, it started out as a side hustle and, and I'm trying to grow that into my full-time position. Um, but it, I kind of just fell into it. And ever since I've, I've tried to capitalize on all the opportunities that come my way.
0: Awesome. And I'm super excited to have you on the show because it's like you're the first person that is a plant-based person. So I'm like, this is going to be freaking awesome. Mm So I'm (laughs) I'm kind (laughs) of curious because like you got into it by the Netflix documentaries and like, I know there was a lot of like backlash on the interwebs about, I can't remember which documentary it was, but it was like, that dude that was kind of like, kind of like a hippie, and he was like talking about how like cows are the reason why you know our global warming thing is a big issue. And then there's some other guy mm-hmm. on the internet who's a medical doctor, and he like watched the entire thing, and he would like stop it at certain points and just point out the flaws. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious, like as you were watching these Netflix documentaries, like were was everything in those two that you mentioned like credible or did you have to like go further into Mm -hmm. the research? Like what did you find when you went down that rabbit hole?
1: So, um, for one, I think the documentary you might be mentioning is what the Health," which is kind of the more recent one. Yeah. That was the one that caused a big stir. I mean, I'll get to that, but when I started learning about that, it was, um, it was more of the forks over knives documentary, which are one of the original ones. Um, there was cowspiracy was actually the the director of what the Health made cowspiracy, and you may be referencing that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a couple other ones. One was food ink, um, and then the other one is leaving me right now. But I started off with those ones and it just got me curious like, hey, you know maybe maybe there's a different way to eat or what really settled with me is the animal side of it and how the treatment of animals is in the meat industry. And that kind of struck a chord unintentionally. I always loved animals, but I'm strict meat eater growing up. Um, I mean, big time, you know, protein, protein, protein. I was fed the protein message, and so it was all about chicken, and beef, and um, anything I can get my hands on. And so when I started watching those documentaries, it was kind of weird. I, I, my first experience with it was, I believe, in 2014, was the Forks Over Nights doc documentary, and I. I, I Listened to it and and went through it, but I didn't think much. I kind of just wrote off like, huh, you know, that's cool, but it's not for me. Then for some reason, um, back at the end of 2016, they started resurfacing and more of them started coming out. Started becoming a, that hot topic, and, and I started watching it more and hearing more from different people and like, huh, maybe there's something to this. And so I started yeah, I started doing my own research, um, going on YouTube and listening to all sorts of people on both sides of the fence, you know, vegan, plant-based, and then just health professionals. Um, you know, digging into studies as deep as I could go, reading books and and trying to immerse myself in all different perspectives. And toward the end of 16, I started thinking to myself, you know, I I think this is what I want to do. So I started slowly cutting out meat. Um, I would make mason jar salads for lunch and they'd be full of chicken. And I just, you know, instead of doing five chicken ones per week, I would do three and then I, I, you know, cut it down to two. And then one night, When I went full vegan, I was watching the documentary Cowspiracy and the scene came on where it was saying the fate of um, baby male chickens, which is they just get thrown in a meat grinder. And I'll I'll save um, the more graphic stuff for another time, but that, that was it. That was kind of like my final straw. And I remember it very vividly where I was, uh, I was just finishing up dinner, um, Uh, washing the dishes and i paused it my wife and i were watching it my fiance at the time now wife and i was like we're done and i was like we can't we can't do this anymore we'd we'd watched enough of it and we we just we can't support it and she agreed with me and so that night we cleared out everything like i just bought a brand new tub of whey protein you know 50 60 bucks i was so i was pissed because i'm a real big value guy and i was like i gotta throw this whole thing away i just bought it cleared all the eggs, all the frozen chicken breasts in my freezer. I mean, everything and and started from scratch that day. And the rest has been history. And and ever since then, I've just been, I started out as a little bit more of a, what you'd call a radical, radical vegan. And I was really passionate. And now I I understand since I've been on both sides. I understand why people have a sour taste of the word vegan, because I was that guy at, at one point, but now I've learned that for one, I could I could get my message across more effectively with food, and number two, I don't need to be that in-your-face guy to to bring awareness that there is another way to eat.
0: No, oh, fair enough. And I think the next question is like, when you started getting off of meat, like, was it pretty difficult, or were you just like, just so in tune with what you saw, you're like, I'm not gonna miss eating meat whatsoever.
1: Um, so when I. At first, when I started cutting meat out, it wasn't—it wasn't necessarily hard. It was just like, you know, I'm—I'll I'm, replace it with something different. But that day where I, you know, I went vegan, cut it out from there. In all honesty, and, and some people have kind of said, "Really? Like, how can I be this way?" But I—I've never missed meat since then, and I've—I've, I've, you know, smelled it plenty of times, cooking, walking down the streets, or or going. To, I'm here in Austin, Texas, like one of the barbecue capitals in the world. I smell it everywhere. And it doesn't, it just doesn't trigger my, my um, senses and, and, you know, my thought of, Oh God, I can't wait to get my hands on some It just doesn't do the same for me anymore. And I think because I made that connection and that connection for me was, was I don't want to contribute to animal suffering anymore. And since I've made that, I'm kind of like a hundred percent or nothing guy. And so once I make that decision, it's, it's, it's done and now I can move on to the next thing. So it really hasn't been hard. And and, and since, you know, I'm, I'm going on about two years uh, eating vegan plant-based and, you know, I, I don't miss it. So
0: yeah, fair enough um, yeah. so to kind of get a basis, like for the audience, what is plant-based eating? Cause I think a lot of people are like, Oh, that means you're vegan or vegetarian. So like, mm-hmm. what's a good definition for people who don't know what plant-based eating is?
1: So plant-based, Eating is eating a diet that's rich in whole grains, um, green leafy vegetables, cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, things like that, legumes, nuts, seeds, um, with few or no animal products. Now, plant-based eating kind of has that little asterisk where it's few or no to where you could eat plant-based, but you could also eat some meat um, or eat Eat animal products. Typically, when somebody says they're plant-based, you know they they just eat essentially a, a whole foods vegan diet. Um, but there's that little that little spot in there where you could technically eat other animal products, even though you, you consider yourself plant-based. Vegan, on the other hand, is it's the same thing, but typically when when somebody says. I eat a vegan diet or rather somebody could say I eat a vegan diet, but it can consist of, this is an extreme example, but soda pop and Oreos or chips that just, you know, don't have any milk or butter on them or anything that doesn't contain animal products. So the plant base is a little bit more of the healthy side. So talking about the whole foods, things found in the produce section, um, you know, beans, rice, things like that. And then vegan, while it does mean it could mean the same thing, it's more inclined to include those like rich desserts and snack foods and junk foods, things you shouldn't be eating on a daily basis.
0: Now, do you ever find like some people kind of jump on the plant-based eating train because they think it's going to be like the magic scapegoat to, you know, get rid of all of their weight loss problems?
1: Absolutely. That is yes, all the time. And it's, it's good. And I look at it, it's good and it's bad. It's good because, you know, Every person that, that tries plant-based eating, for one, they learn a little bit about it. They're able to – most likely somebody else is watching, so it's spreading that, hey, there's a different way of eating. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of people think it's that cure-all, end-all magic. It's that, that – they look at it as that next magic pill to help them drop the extra 20 pounds that they're looking to drop, and and they don't do it right. And then they, they blame it or um, they – they point fingers at like oh well this didn't work for me it's like well you, you know you, you can't you can't just say i'm going to eat this way and expect to lose weight i mean you, you really got to change your lifestyle as i'm sure you know to to make progress um, with weight loss so it's it's good that it spreads awareness but again it, it's bad that people associate that with it's like the automatic health button oh it's vegan it's healthy so i can eat it <laughs> which that get that that's the thing is where right now if it's vegan it's healthy well no it's not because there's a lot of there's a lot of processed foods out there that are vegan. They're full of sugar and fat. They're not good for you. Um, so unfortunately, that message has gotten distorted over the past few years, and I don't see it going away. Um, but that's just it's something that you know we have to deal with. So.
0: Yeah, because I remember I can't remember who told me this. Maybe it was one of my friends, and one of their friends decided to go vegan, but they like did not prep anything and for like the first couple of days like their diet consisted of just like bananas and carrots and celery and then they just like <laughs> crash so hard i'm like well yeah like come on
1: exactly <laughs> like that, that's a perfect example where you say oh i'm just going to eat you know those three things it's like you you, you can't do that you you got to vary it up you know you got to include all those other things i mentioned plant-based eating you know beans i mean, you you have to get your protein well i think protein is overemphasized i mean you, you have you can't just eat fruit and vegetables you just you can't and, and, and expect to you know to thrive and be healthy and feel good so yeah that, that's unfortunate that that happened and it's unfortunate too because every time that happens uh, not every time but uh, there have been some times where i've seen that and then people go blast it on social media and people who have large followings might talk bad about it and then the people who are following them are just gonna read the oh it, vegan didn't work vegan was hard vegan uh, made me feel like crap well you can't you can't judge a book by its cover. Like you know, what were you eating? What were you doing?
0: No, oh, definitely. And I'm kind of curious. Like, for someone who's interested in plant-based eating, and like, I would assume that getting protein, like all the amino acids within your diet, you kind of have to plan ahead a little bit. So, what should people be like focusing on to ensure they're getting adequate protein through their uh, daily diet?
1: I mean, if you're if you're truly eating a varied diet that, that consist of you know beans daily, um, nuts and seeds daily, um, things like hemp seeds, um, even protein powder to help especially at first, I think protein powder is a great way plant-based protein powder is a great way to transition at first until you kind of get a grip on what you're eating. But if you eat a varied diet that consists a ton of different plant-based foods, um, those ones that I mentioned also if you're not allergic to soy, tofu, and tempeh, then you will get enough amino acid. The 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 whole message out there that you have to combine foods at every meal to build a complete amino acid profile, from what I've learned, is false. As long as you're eating a varied diet, so if you eat a certain set of aminos for breakfast and then you eat a different set at lunch, as long as you're eating a complete set throughout the day, then you'll be fine. Um. So unless you're unless you're truly starving yourself and eating just bananas and celery, um, and <laughs> you know you you should be okay. And and there's definitely helpful resources out there to to almost like their checklist. A checklist that I like is um, from a, a website called NutritionFacts.org. It's a nonprofit uh, um, that is all about nutrition. It definitely has a plant-based slant to it, but it's really about how to be healthy and. Um, resolving some of the myths out there with plant-based nutrition and then there's a great checklist um, that dr michael greger he is the founder and creator of nutrition facts put together that eat beans daily eat berries daily eat uh, broccoli daily eat greens daily you know flax seeds um, different nuts and seeds like almonds walnuts and some whole grains whether that's oatmeal or pasta and your cut. so i mean eat mostly what you're eating before just cut out the meat and cheese and rep- Replace it with, you know, if you're eating cheese, replace it with avocado. If you were eating meat, replace those with beans or maybe some tofu or tempeh. Or if you want to even get go down this path at first, so you can go meet alternatives. Um, you know, they use, as long as you don't have a, a gluten allergy, they're typically made from wheat gluten or uh, seitan is, is sometimes what they refer to it as. So as long as you're you're doing it in a varied way, then there should be no worry that you won't get enough nutrients.
0: Fair enough. And I think the next thing I want to get into is like when people you know stop eating animal products, like what happens at a cellular level in that individual's body? Like what are some things that change when you go off of uh, animal products?
1: Well, typically, if you were eating a lot of animal pr- products, your cholesterol will go down because cholesterol is found in animal animal products. So, Usually that goes down. Um, depending on the quantity and quality of, you know, meat, cheese, eggs, dairy that you're eating, you might see some drop in your triglycerides as well. Um, blood glucose could vary if, if you're talking, if you're going from what is referred to as a standard American diet, which is tons of processed food and junk and a lot of eating out, you know, fast food burgers, to a, a true plant-based diet, not necessarily vegan, but plant-based You could see some um, other positive blood markers, like, let's say, glucose um, and things like that. So cholesterol, I would say, is the biggest one. Um, Blood pressure might also go down depending on – it really depends on where you're coming from. If you were eating a relatively, quote-unquote, clean diet, you just had meat in it, then you won't see many changes. Um, But those are probably the most prominent.
0: Um, Have you brought up cholesterol? Because, like, the other thing I was kind of thinking about today that I was going to ask you is, like, for those people that are going uh, plant-based and are bodybuilders and they're trying to put on mass, like, what should they be focusing on if their cholesterol levels are not high enough to produce more, like, testosterone? So I'm kind of curious, like, if you've ever worked with any all-plant-based bodybuilders or figure competitors to kind of get that bulky look.
1: I haven't personally worked with um, bodybuilders, or I'm more specialized in weight loss um, with females. However, from what I've seen and what others are doing, and other other plant-based and vegan athletes, bodybuilders, and I'm following. I mean, they don't seem to have any problem putting on mass, and that's because the, I can't I can't speak to cholesterol, so I'm not going to go down that path. But if you're eating an adequate amount of calories, then from what I've seen and what I've experienced about putting on mass, not bodybuilding mass, but just putting on muscle mass, if I'm eating an adequate enough calories um, in a plant-based diet, then I have no problem putting on muscle. And, and of course, working out enough to stimulate muscle growth.
0: No oh, fair. Well, what are like some vegan options that are like higher calorie to kind of get those calories in because like mm-hmm. I can only imagine how much like spinach and kale you can stuff your face with <laughs> and get your calories. Yeah. In.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I stick to things and when I when people ask me, you know, hey, I want to put on some mass, what should I be eating? I always point to the nuts, seeds and avocados, a little bit more of the higher calorie um, plant fats. Um if you if you're not afraid of oil because there's the whole um no oil crowd out there, which I don't necessarily, and that's more plant-based, I would say than anything. And I don't necessarily buy into that completely, that you should get rid of all oils. I think oils help if you want to drop some pounds because they're, they they can easily add up to calories. But I'm um, going back to your original question. If you want to put on mass, then you're going to want to stick to higher calorie plant foods, the nuts, the seeds, um, the tofus and tempehs, as long as you're not allergic to soy. Um, and you want to minimize the high fiber vegetables. So, like, the, you want to have, have still have some cruciferous vegetables, so you know broccoli, cauliflower, because they got a ton of, of vitamins and minerals and nutrition. But if you stuff yourself with those, it's going to be miserable trying to eat and eat and eat and eat. So, um, sticking to you know a little bit leaner vegetables and vegetables that that don't require you to chew as much, because there's that whole other um, part in the diet where if you're just constantly chewing, you get mouth fatigue. you're just, I'm tired of eating for 30 minutes at a time. Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta assess your plate. So higher calorie foods are always the best place to start. And when you're looking at vegetables and you're looking at green vegetables, stick to, you know, to to spinach and kale because they're easier to digest. And if you're making a salad, fill it with, you know, some beans, um, top it with avocado, salsa, load up on those fats to help get those extra calories.
0: Have you ever come across someone who was going plant-based, but they also wanted to follow a keto diet? Have you ever had that before?
1: You know, I have not, but I actually wrote a blog article on comparing the ketogenic diet with a plant-based diet and actually explored a little bit about plant-based keto. I haven't personally tried Mm -hmm. it or had much experience with people who've tried it, but from what I gather, Gathered. it's it's really hard it's way harder than a normal keto diet that includes meat but it is possible
0: yeah because it can almost sounds like almost like the building blocks towards a keto diet and i just kind of like started thinking i'm like oh this would kind of be in the middle not really but yeah I just yeah, random thoughts yeah <laughs> you and
1: i think you know you could skew it toward a keto diet if you do focus on on, um, vegetables and, and cut out the cut. I mean, you'd have to cut out beans because beans are pretty high in carbohydrates or not cut out, but severely reduce them. Think, you know, oats, pasta, rice, grains, severely reduce those, but you could get by. I mean, if, as long as you're uh, not allergic to soy, you know, you could eat a ton of soy. Um, and the whole soy myth out there is false too. Um, I just want to throw that in there because there's a lot of confusion about soy and man boobs and, that's as far from true as you could possibly get. I wrote another blog article on that. And um, it's just funny that I see that still circulating, that that's still um, believed. But um, yeah, that's a whole nother thing.
0: (laughs) Well, like I'm happy you brought that up too because I'm like, I'm wondering where that source came from from the very beginning. Like I'm wondering if it was like, you know, that one research study with nine guys in their 40s that don't exercise that were on like some ridiculous amount of soy diet for like 30 days and shit happened like that but do you, do you know where it kind of stemmed from
1: yes so the whole reason that got brought up is because of a couple studies um there was one where it was or rather they weren't studies but they were incidents so one was, was a a teenager who consumed i don't even know why or how this happened 19 to 20 servings of soy per day and typically a serving of soy is about three ounces of like tofu and don't quote me on this but um, six to eight ounces of like soy milk so i mean you're talking blocks and blocks (laughs) of tofu and to give you an idea of if you were to eat let's say edamame edamame is soy you would have to eat, eat 10 cups of edamame per day for days on end um and then the second one was a 60 year old man who drank 12 cups of soy milk per day and you know nobody's doing that and yes if you drink 12 cups of soy milk per day or if you eat 10 cups of edamame per day you're probably getting things are probably going to happen that that you don't want to happen um so those are where those those are where um the soy myth I think stemmed from and it just you know once that caught on once whoever was the first person to read that and put it out in the media that the first journalist probably was just incredibly like oh my god this is gold right here um but I don't know how that grew into how it did but it is false
0: (laughs) it's crazy how people just go on the extremes but like I remember watching a like um a late night talk show and they went over a whole segment about how the media can go find research studies and they can basically take a small little principle of what they were studying and just blow it completely out of proportion. And mm-hmm. one of the examples they used was like you might have even seen it because it popped up on my Facebook feed how like smelling other people's farts will improve your health or something like that. And the study, <laughs> the study had nothing to do with it. It was about some other like combustion in the human body, oh my but gosh. nothing to do about like smelling people's farts. But like <laughs> the media does that all the time. And then he showed all these other ridiculous like examples. And sometimes those media agencies will fund the research to do something stupid like that, just to be like, hey, it's good for your health. You should be doing this.
1: Yeah, it, there is so much of that around plant-based eating and, and vegan diets that it's, it's no wonder people think the way they do about them because that's what they're reading. And you know, those are the headlines that get clicks and that's what, what, those are the headlines that are in the largest publications out there. So I understand now why, why people think this way. And I've tried to do, you know, my part and spread the message that, that those aren't true and that you can do it you know, you just have to uh, to put a little planning in, and these things that, you, that that people are writing about that you should be worried about, it's not true, and you don't need to be worried about. It. As long as you're eating a varied diet and you're not just you're, you're not just sticking to one or two things, then you'll be all right. Oh, minus, you know, mi- minus a couple. There's always, and I want to put this little caveat in there. If there, if you have a certain condition, that. Um, like a soy allergy or something, if you eat a plant-based food and it causes a certain reaction or maybe um, something like hypothyroidism or or some serious condition or disease, you definitely want to talk with your physician or read into it and learn on your own a little bit about, hey, is this the best diet for me? Because frankly, I don't think a plant-based vegan diet is the best diet for everybody. I do think it's the best diet for our planet and the best diet for the sake of animals but but i don't necessarily think it's the be all and all
0: oh fair um so the next thing i want to get into is some of the questions we got from facebook and instagram because i have like a pet peeve when i listen to podcasts that i've like sent questions in and then they don't even get any of the oh. <laughs> sent in questions like answered but uh i always do my best to get like all of them done but uh the first one uh is from Maggie and she says I heard on another podcast that you have to eat more grams of vegan protein than you would eat meat protein to get the same results. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Uh no, I I don't agree with that. I yeah, I I think I mean the same results, you know, what what results are we looking for? We're we looking for muscle gain, fat loss, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you don't have to it's the same quality of protein. So when we eat animals, animals have to get their protein from somewhere. You typically either in their feed or if they're grass fed from grass. And then it goes, you know, through just example cow goes to the ruminant and it gets the in their body, all those amino acids from the grass then make up the cow and we eat the cow. So essentially vegan eating Whole, on a whole food plant based diet, not, not, diet, not talking faux meats, um, things like that. We're just, we're just we're skipping one step. We're going straight to the source and getting it from there. So as far as protein, if you're looking to build muscle or lose fat, you don't need to eat more protein. Now, should you vary your sources of protein versus just eating? Um, You know, beans, yeah, absolutely, because you're going to want to get different amino acids. And you can do things, you can eat things that have a complete amino acid profile, such as hemp seeds, which is something I eat every day. Um, and like I alluded to earlier, plant-based protein powder, typically all of them, unless you're getting an isolate out there, they all have a complete amino acid profile. Um, and it's another easy way to get an extra, depending on the dose, you know, 10 to 30 grams of protein in per day to help reach whatever goal that you're trying to reach.
0: Awesome. Uh, So the next one is from Facebook from Joe Green. I would like to know how he feels about meat substitute proteins and if he has any opinions on having them often.
1: Um, Yes, I do have an opinion and I do not think you should have them often. I know often is a relative word. and It could mean um, different things to different people. But generally speaking, to give you an example of myself, I rarely eat faux meat um when i do eat it it's maybe when i go out to eat and grab a uh, you know a plant-based burger or if i want to example um, when beyond when beyond burger came out i wanted to try it so i'll go out and eat faux meat um, but i don't think those are health foods i think they're great for those who are having a hard time transitioning or are new because it might help scratch that itch where oh i just i want meat you know if if that's um, if that's your situation, but eating them on a daily basis, absolutely not. Um, even eating them, I would honestly not recommend eating it more once per week because you can get that same nutrition, better nutrition through other whole foods.
0: Are the ones that you've seen out there in like the market, are they just not a good high quality or are they just not even worth the time and effort? <laughs> Uh,
1: no, the time and effort actually save you a lot of time because typically they're pre-made. So you might get um, meat alternative like chicken strips or like goes alluding to the Beyond meat burger. You know, it's already a patty ready to go. Or now they have the Beyond sausage. Um, and those are just a couple of them that are out there. Um, and I think for convenience sake, they're awesome. I mean, they're, they're processed foods and they're meant to be easy to prepare, but they are processed foods and to actually eat a healthy diet, you want to remove yourself. I mean, no matter what diet you eat, vegan, plant-based, meat, vegetarian, um, whatever the diet may be, you you want to try and separate yourself. If you really want results, so if you're, if you're chasing results, if you're after weight loss, if you're after a better, better body composition, if you're after uh, more muscle gain, then you want to increase the amount of, of whole foods in your diet, and those type of foods are definitely not whole foods.
0: Fair enough. Um, So the next Facebook question is, uh, what plants provide the best source of protein?
1: Uh, The best source, uh, I wouldn't say anyone necessarily provides the best source, but some best sources um, I would say are, and I'm going back to kind of, it's really that simple, but beans, nuts, Seeds um, in the seed case, specifically hemp seeds. Um, tofu and tempeh are really great sources, and amame beans are um, great sources of protein. One that's out there that I have a, um, a friend who's, who's a vegan power lifter that loves to chat about is quinoa. And, and I'm not saying, it, what I'm saying is, quinoa is not, an added, not a great source of protein. It's actually higher in carbs and protein, and a lot of times, in the plant-based community, uh, people tend, oh yeah, quinoa is a great source of protein. Well, you know, if you're eating two huge bowls of it, but you're also you know getting a, a huge dose of carbs, and and no matter what diet you're on, eating that much carbs in a sitting just because that protein source is quote unquote good is really not good. So, um, whole grains such as oatmeal, I would say, are a fair source of protein. Um, and then if you're not allergic to gluten. I am a big fan of seitan because it's extremely high in protein um, and you can customize it. It's really easy to make. You essentially just uh, whip it together and it kind of makes like a doughy, almost like bread before it's baked. Um, and it's even a little bit more stretchy and you kind of mold it to whatever you want, stick it in the oven or steam it. And then you got, um, you can make a, a, a whole, I make a whole, I call it a protein log. And then I cut it into what I call protein pucks, a little disc. And I have like, oh, for 100 grams of extra protein per week that I just eat um, as a side to my normal lunch.
0: What was that called again?
1: So it's called it's called seitan. Hmm. If you search um, seitan, you'll be able to, to find it. And I just call them, I, I used to call them protein turds, and I asked my Instagram <laughs> audience if, if I should My wife gave me uh, some shit about it, and so I asked my Instagram audience, should I keep calling these turds? Because the way I, I actually boil them, and they look like turds, and okay. I asked them, and, and the uh, the crowd voted no. So I changed them, and I changed the way I prepared it. And now I call them protein pucks. So.
0: Well, what are they like? Made out of like? So it, it's
1: literally made out of um, vital wheat gluten is the main ingredient, and then there's also some chickpea flour in there. So those are like the the protein bases, and then I stick some seasonings in there. So the most recent one. I did. I threw some Italian seasoning, some salt, pepper, some cumin, and nutritional yeast, which is like the if you've never had it, it's like the the vegan plant-based cheese flavor saver. Um, if you, it's famous for um, you know if you sprinkle it on popcorn, it kind of gives it a cheese flavor, and if you put it in sauces, it it, it turns the sauce yellow and gives it a cheese flavor. Um, so if you're look, if you love cheese or if you love cheese in the past and you just went plant based, look up nutritional yeast. Um, but anyway, I put those in there and throw some broth and water and then it, you mix it all up and it kind of makes that stretchy doughy type texture. And then you, you uh, roll it up or, you know, you mold it into whatever shape that you want to cook it in. And then I happen to to put it in the oven and and let it do its work.
0: No, that actually sounds pretty good. Like, I'm kind of curious if you have any other kind of like go-to recipes that are kind of easy and also that taste good. Because I think a lot of people are kind of like, oh, plant-based, everything's going to taste bland.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. There's a huge myth out there that everything's going to taste bland and that that it's gross and it's all vegetables and salads, which is really not. There are there has to be millions. Maybe that's a stretch. But hundreds of thousands of recipes out there that some of them blow my mind um, how good they are. But a, a good easy go-to recipe, I mean, you don't even need a recipe for it. Is just um, a taco bowl. I mean, you simply mix beans, rice, some corn, tomatoes, lettuce, salsa, and avocado, and you have yourself a recipe. Um, I actually have a, a specific recipe on my site. It's called a avocado taco bowl, and there's hickam in it, so it gives it a little crunch if you like crunch. Um, that's one of my go-to recipes. It's super easy. You can literally make it in 10 minutes. Um, other easy ways to make recipes is is literally just if, if you're not really concerned about um, maybe weight gain or fat loss, or if you just if you really want an easy recipe, then go for some noodles and marinara sauce. Typically, most marinara sauce is plant-based, um, so you can do that if you want some protein then you can just simply season some tempeh and bake it. I mean, you literally just chop the tempeh up, throw some seasoning, just like a chicken breast. Chop it up, season it, and put it in the oven. And you have a, a complete meal right there. And if you want to have some greens on the side, great. Um, another go-to recipe that for breakfasts for me is overnight oats. One Again, super simple, which is the night before you want to make it. Typically in a mason jar, but you, you can do it in a bowl as well. You mix in some oats some plant milk, and then whatever else you want to. If you want to make some protes, aka protein oats, you can put some protein powder in there, maybe a little um, cacao powder, some hemp seeds, maybe a you know a touch of maple syrup for sweetness if you like fruit. Put some fruit in there. You mix it all up, stick it in the fridge, and then when you wake up in the morning, it's nice and thick, and it's super delicious. Or just make a smoothie. I mean, smoothies are my go-to. Uh, especially if you if you have a Vitamix or if you have a really strong blender that that blends up uh, veggies without leaving them like little chunks in there, um, it's great for sticking greens in there and getting you. I mean, you could you could legitimately get up to three cups of greens in a smoothie, and I taste it if you mix it with the right things and um, you know, make it thick enough and have a blender that's powerful enough. So, those were those are a couple that are my go-tos when I'm looking for ease.
0: Sweet. And you probably have like tons more recipes on your website, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm at about, I think 30, 35 or 36 as of now. Um, some of them are easy. Some of them take a little longer, but I have, um, you know, spaghetti and, and vegan meatballs. I have different smoothie recipes. Um, what else do I have? I have a couple burgers on there. So I have a, a really, really good vegan nacho cheese that, believe it or not is made from potatoes and carrots um wow. and if you're a skeptic i highly i want skeptics opinion if you're a skeptic you're like what the hell potatoes and carrots i promise you go try that it's a vegan nacho cheese it will change your world um and if you want to make nachos with it like i have a nacho recipe i mean it's super simple you make the cheese you throw out some chips or if you want to cut up some tortillas and put some beans and veggies on there and boom you got you know you got yourself some nachos not granted the healthiest meal but i've tried to make meals that are a little bit more normal and and things that you know like burgers people are used to eating burgers and spaghetti meatballs comfort food smoothies and and things like that to to show people that hey it it can really taste good um if you put in a little little time you know you, you can make things taste really really good i have a super good Um, chocolate overnight chocolate peanut butter overnight oats um, that will change the world too Um, it's it's something to to think about and so any skeptics out there please try my recipes i want to hear from you um, because i always love especially if you're not vegan or not plant-based and you're just curious i always love to hear the other side depending
0: now i'm like super hungry (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) <laughs> um so maybe for the last question because we're coming up on our time can you just tell the audience where they can find you online if you have any like projects coming out or anything else you want to plug on my show you can right now
1: thanks yeah so you can find everything you want to know about me at plant-based scotty and scotty is scotty.com um, and on my website i have Several blog articles, several recipes, um, a little bit of about me. And then I just dropped a free healthy recipe ebook. Um, so if you sign up for my email list, I send you that. Um, some things that I'm and also you can find me on Instagram at plantbase underscore scotty, again, S-C-O-T-T-Y. And you can find me, I'm on Twitter, plantbasedscotty, all one word, except there's one T. I'm not super active on Twitter. Um, Instagram's kind of my go-to. And then Facebook, if you just search um, Facebook, plantbasedscotty, then you should find me on there. My newest project that is coming out is going to be a 21-day meal plan and exercise plan that's going to take you through... Um, 21 days. It's perfect for those that might have just transitioned or looking for a little bit more structure. Um, so that's in the works, and that'll be coming out. Um, I don't have a date set for that, but I just throw all my updates and let you know about everything um, in my on my email list. So definitely check that out. Um, and those are probably probably the best avenues to find me and kind of what I have coming out next. And and uh, yeah, so. Just loving the journey and appreciate connecting with um, different people and thank, appreciate you having me on your show, especially um, being plant-based. I know that sometimes that can be intimidating or it might be weird to your audience and it's cool to hear that, that your audience does have some curiosity about the diet.
0: Awesome. So thank you so much for your time. Like This was awesome. Great conversation.
1: Great. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate
0: it. All right. So that's going to wrap up episode 203 with Scott Burgett. Hopefully you enjoyed learning a little bit about plant-based nutrition. So I'm going to say this again and again and again and again. Share this podcast with your friends and family and post it on every single social network there is so we can grow this thing as big as possible. Stay tuned for my book because I feel... Like, it's going to be one of those things that's going to help a lot of people move and feel better and get strong at the same time. And this past weekend, I'm at, I think, about 240 pages edited. I'm almost there. Bear with me. I'm really hoping to release this in February. So keep your eye out on that click the show notes, add me on Facebook, say what's up, I'll answer you back, and I'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health advice out there week in and week out. That's it for me.